Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you with us for our sermon recap this week. Guys, good to see y'all. You as well, sir. Always fun to be with y'all. Indeed. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. Man, I've loved this series, Desperate Faith. I had to watch online. Well, I got to watch online for two weeks and intent online, and then I've loved being able to be there this Sunday for the conclusion and just like... I felt like we had everybody in all the services crying at some point. <laughs> oh, it was a weepy day. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, it was a weepy day. Yeah. I had, uh, you know, God did something pretty deep, and mm. it opened up a lot. Yeah. I almost felt, just to be completely transparent, after it was over, I felt like, man, we just cut all these people wide open, and they're bleeding, and we're going to send them home. <laughs> it almost felt that yeah. way yesterday. It felt like, wow, but sometimes God just opens it up. And we said, you know, getting healed from really deep, wounds in your soul takes time yep. it's not something that come up to the altar and get our deacons to pray for you and it's all going to be over yeah uh sometimes it's just the opening of it all but man it was yesterday and thursday it was just uh, a lot of tears i think we should have put kleenexes out every <laughs> seat sometimes god does something like that it's not a epa hooray kind of service it's more of a wow uh god got inside and yep. did some things so yeah it's been a good series. It really has. The story of the woman gripped my heart and has for a long time. And then the um, the wonderful clips from The Chosen have just added a lot. You know, this, uh, I really think that that film, this that episode, I guess, of The Chosen is one of the more powerful things I've ever seen on film. Right. For real. Um, it moves me. Yeah. First time I saw it, I was... Uh, with my wife and my daughter and it played and and I was shaking watching that. I literally inside was just shaking. I can't explain why or how. Uh, it shook me and um, I've not seen that since and I've seen it several times. I actually would watch it uh, Thursdays before we would start the sermon. I would watch it just to kind of process it because it and, and every time it choked me up right. and even yesterday Three different times. Every time it choked me up when I saw that. It's just uh, so powerful. The woman's story is so powerful. So, yeah, it was. No, I think it's so easy to just, you just read the words that are there in sure. Scripture. And it's like there's the 12 years that they talk about. They just say 12 years. I mean, that's all you get to read about it. But she actually lived 12 years. And I think that's what they do well is they, they paint that picture for you of this is what her life was actually like. You know, when you're sick... Uh, a month can feel like a lifetime, mm -hmm. especially when you have something that's chronic mm -hmm. and they can't figure out what's going on. You know, mm -hmm. our family's been through that. Many families have. And uh, it is, end of the clip, you know, Jesus said you must be exhausted. It is completely exhausting in every way. A month. Mm -hmm. This woman's lived this way for 12 years. It's like... She's just accepted this, I guess, as a part of her life. She's fighting it, but there's no light at the end of the tunnel for her. Yeah. Until she heard Jesus. Yeah. One of the things that you, you know, they can kind of get lost to that as well is that you're talking about the 12 years that she had lived with this, lived with this disease. And she kind of had just accepted that this is the way that it's going yeah. to be always. You know, one of the things about, about faith in Christ is this hope that we have. The hope that, you know, that this, you know, as bad as things get right now, it will get better for her. There was no hope. This was this was her plight. This is what she was left to to live with. There was there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It is I can't be around people. I can't uh, I can't be touched by anybody. I can't have a normal life. 
I'm, I'm exhausted, I'm hurting, I'm in pain, yeah. I'm drained, I have no energy, and then I have no hope until Jesus comes on the scene and she encounters him. And, and we recognize that he is our hope, he is the hope of the world, but in that moment she once again has this hope that maybe Jesus, by touching his garment, I could be made whole. I wonder sometimes how long she actually lived with no hope. You know? yep. I think that Mark is pretty clear about it. When she heard of Jesus, that's when the hope and the faith started. Yes. You know, that's when desperation turned to faith. But who knows how long it was that she just lived with no hope. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when you go to that last doctor's appointment and they say there's nothing more we can do. Mm-hmm. Or she goes to the money bag, bank sure. account, whatever you want to call it, and there's just no money left to find another doctor. Mm-hmm. When did that end? How long was the interim between I've just given up all hope? Okay, now I've heard of Jesus. This is going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, um, man, the woman went through a lot. There's yep. no doubt. And it's so beautiful. Just in an instant, Jesus heals her physical malady. But we can't stop there. And that's the whole message from yesterday. Yeah. Just the whole, the whole point of the after story. Don't just stop at the healing and say, yeah, great. She got healed and she went on her way. It's really easy to read that story. Really easy to read that story and just say, yeah, blood stopped. She's good to go. Pat her on the back and off with you. No, he stopped and did the whole thing. And this series has really helped me to see how Jesus stopped and made a deal of this and made an issue of this. You know, he could have just kept walking. Right. And she still would have been healed of the issue of blood. Yeah. But she would not have been healed of the abandonment and brokenness that that he started right there, mm-hmm. you know. Right. It's just uh, an incredible story. And I think the part that hit me the most in that, especially from the clip, and this is probably a little bit of the stuff that they kind of had to add in there, like this. maybe this is what happened, but when he, he came down to her level and met her at her level and then, I mean, when he touched her, yeah, like nobody hadn't touched her in any capacity for right. twelve years. Like that to me was just like, and then you, I had to sing a song after that. I was excited, <laughs> but I, oh yeah, um, I was just like, man, I can't even imagine a life of nobody's allowed to touch me. I'm not allowed to touch them, and then I, that even seems like what? But so for him to get down on her level and just speak to her as daughter, and and then he he reaches up and touches her and she has that contact. It's just like, yeah, I hadn't thought of that really. We initially, the clip was going to be a bit shorter. The clip's long, you know, mm-hmm. so it pushed us on time all weekend. But, uh, when I saw it, I knew we had originally not had that part to play on the right. weekend when he reached out and touched her and we extended it probably 30, 40 seconds just to get that part in there yeah. because it was really powerful. But I hadn't thought about that yeah. of him actually touching her, you know, and again, it's it's drama. We tell people when you're when you're dealing with the chosen, there's certainly uh, extra biblical things in it and storylines, you know, that we don't know for sure actually right. existed. But you have to see it for that. Right. And, and I've not seen anything in the chosen that I thought was unbiblical. In fact, to the contrary, a lot of their sidelines and storylines uh, really are based on some really good research and some really good things that we don't know for sure, but that are maybe church traditions or just maybe. Um, good ideas that I think, man, maybe it really was that way. I think they do a masterful job of it. You, uh, yesterday you were talking about that when it came time to, you know, for Jesus to really heal her soul and do that, do that inner work in there. 
uh, you mentioned where you know she had come in and really just kind of wanted to get her uh, her healing and go, kind of this anonymous thing. But Jesus stops the crowd and calls her out, and it was to give her a healing that she didn't really even know that she needed mm-hmm. um, to go beyond just the physical, but to go to go into the soul. When you relate that to us, uh, that the physical healing, yes, we want those as well. But there's a deeper work that Jesus wants to do in, in us, and we have to be willing to let Him pull back the bandage, pull back the layers, and touch those painful places in our lives. Beyond the fact that we just don't want to, why do you think that's oftentimes something that we push back from and don't really want to go the extra mile or really let Jesus touch those those deep, dark areas? There are tons of reasons for that. You know, I think there are people out there who get in the victim mentality mm. that life has done this to me, and they just live in that. Right. And sometimes they just can't see the light to get out of that you know uh, I have seen some people that just embrace that mm. and it becomes a crutch for them you know not trying to be unmerciful but sure. it's really easy to let what happened to you become a crutch and an excuse for not doing anything in your future right you know that can be a part of it you know and the other thing, it just hurts. Yeah. It hurts for God to do that kind of work. It's it's not a lot of fun right. to actually have to face some of these things, you know. But if you know, we said this yesterday, if if you press on something in your body and it hurts, there's probably something wrong there. Yeah. And there's something beneath the surface that needs to be healed. And in your life, you know, if certain things just keep hurting, you know, certain issues that are still alive, and typically it's something that happened in the past, some some disappointment, some loss, something like that, and you still hurt over it. Mm-hmm. There's something in there that needs to be looked at. Yeah. You know. And it just it's so hard. You don't want to face it. It it seems easier in the moment just to keep the bandage on. Yeah. yeah. I think part of it might even be like, I know this hurts, but I don't know why sometimes. That's true. And too. like the fear of not knowing what it is is like, do I want to know what it is? And it makes you just go, let's just, I loved your analogy of the, I don't know if I recommend slicing your finger open with a pocket knife, but. No, no, no. <laughs> it worked. But it was, we should probably, I probably should have added the disclaimer. Children do not do this at home. And I, I don't think most of us are in danger of doing right, this yeah. at home because it's a painful thing. Uh, yeah, that's not the way. I would not recommend that until you're out of options. Unfortunately, I was out was of it. options at the moment and that was it. But uh yeah, sometimes it's got to be cut open. Yeah, but yes, let a medical professional do that, <laughs> and do not take a pocket knife. In week two, you talked about the power of our words, mm-hmm. and it rolls over into this week because it was amazing to watch. And what and chosen did a great job of depicting this. But in scripture, it really lays it out for us how when he calls her daughter, um, the healing that takes place off of years of words that were spoken to her. Uh, rejection, uh, you know, isolation, not you know, telling her to, to go away, to leave, that she couldn't be around. And in that one moment, in those one word, when Jesus calls her daughter, it just drives home once again the power of our words and how the power of a encouraging word, how, how that destroys and how that can help take away the discouraging words and the discouraging labels that others have placed on you. Yeah, and that's a that's so powerful for us as Christians to know that we can set people free with our words. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's scripture, you know, whatsoever you bind on earth, be bound in heaven, you know, that the type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
whatever you bind in one world is taken care of in the next one. You can set people free spiritually with words. Yes. And, and I think Jesus did that with her. It probably needs to be said as well, these wounds of the soul did not get healed in a moment. Right. So this woman still had to deal with some of this. Yeah. But when you've got a word from Jesus that you're his daughter, <laughs> yeah. you can run on that. And I'm sure there were other rejections in her life. Sure. And there always will be. The truth is, if I know I'm his son, mm -hmm. I can live out of that. Mm -hmm. And I can get through rejection anywhere else in my life. If we know we're his son, his daughter, that's all I need. Boy, that's a, uh, a life-altering vantage point right there. It is. When I know, who, when I know whose I am, mm -hmm. and I know what he says about me, and who he's called me, then the opinions of people who don't matter, their opinions don't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can, when you know you belong to him mm -hmm. and everything you have is secure in him, yeah. all kind of things can get thrown at you, but they can't get to you, mm -hmm. to who you really are. Yeah. We talked about that in the Psalm series, no evil shall befall you. Yeah. That no evil can get to that, you know. I've been memorizing a scripture lately, uh, a few of them, but one of the ones I've been working on lately is, is Philippians chapter 1. And in that chapter, Paul says this, and it's so powerful. You get this and you got everything else. You got it figured out. He said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I thought, man, he has absolutely covered every part of our existence there. Mm. Yep. While I breathe on this earth, it's about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when this is all over, it's just going to get better. Yeah. Oh, wow. You really get that settled in your mind. And I think that's a journey, too. Yeah. You oh, know, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I read it, and I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I'm sure I've been walking with Jesus a while. I've got room to grow in that awareness and in that uh, actually living that out. Hmm. While I'm here on this earth, it's about Jesus. And when I'm gone. Yeah. For me, it's just going to get better and better. It's good. That's good. Yeah. There's security in just knowing him, knowing that he knows you and is your father. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. It's good. Seems like a good place to push pause on the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Uh, it's just a lot of fun walking through this and story that's meant a lot to me for years. And I'm, I'm so thankful for everyone. Uh, embracing that and just uh, letting God do uh, what He wants to do. It's just been uh, fun to see. Yeah, fun to see. It has been. More good things coming up. Easter weekend. Easter weekend is upon us. <laughs> uh, you know, I had a conversation right here in this room with a young lady uh, some weeks ago, and she came to me and, and gave me this really good question. It was a great question for a teenager to ask. She said, how do you know Christianity is true? Yeah. How do you know it's true? And I, I wasn't ready for such a deep question in that particular event we were at. I wasn't anticipating that, but the thought came to me to share this with her, and I did. I said, if, if the resurrection of Jesus really happened, then it's true. If it didn't, it's not. And there's no other, no other place to land for right. both. Yeah. Uh, if, if he rose from the dead, all this is true. If yep. he didn't, it's a lie. Yep. And I told her what I'm going to be sharing on Easter is you got that's what you got to find out. Right. Did he raise from the dead? Beyond all the other questions. 
And there's a hundred million questions. What about the dinosaurs? What about the authority of scripture? What about the authorship and the, the integrity and questions about all that? Those are all valid questions and good questions to be answered. But I think the bottom of it is this. If Jesus rose from the dead, if someone said, I'm going to die this way and in uh, timeline two and in three days, I'm coming back again and does it, yeah. that person has to be God. I want to listen to what he has to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At the very least, you ought to consider what he says. <laughs> you know, at the very least. We're looking forward to Easter. Five yep. services coming up. It's going to be fun. We encourage all our early birds to be earlier birds. Yes. Uh, we include every, encourage everybody to get there as early as you can. And uh, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a good weekend. Looking so, forward to it. Thanks to everybody for being a part of this uh, yeah. podcast. And we'll see you again soon.